Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,629. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars. Yeah, I'm revved up, and I am very excited to share with you today a very special guest. I was saying to him before we started the show, why has he not been on this show yet? He's so well-known, Peter Clute, calling in from our neighbors to the north, Canada. Peter, welcome to Cars. Yeah, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Mark. Yeah, I appreciate it. This is going to be some fun. Before I give you a proper introduction, though, as if I need to, because anybody in the car world has seen you on TV for years and knows all about your business, tell me one little thing that most people don't know about you, Peter. Oh, um... <laughs> <laughs> a little family secret, maybe? <laughs> no, no real family secrets there. I mean, the uh, I'm, I'm a big family guy, so I've got two boys in the business, and, uh-huh. and uh, my wife's worked in the business, but I've just always been a car nut, so there's nothing really, uh, other than I was on another podcast, and they said, you know, uh, have you ever done anything that you shouldn't have done? And I said, <laughs> well, yeah, kind of when we were 15, we, we kind of stole a car, but we didn't really. And, really? Yeah, Okay. <laughs> And, and it wasn't really a, we didn't really steal it. We took it for a joyride because we wanted to buy it. And the guy wouldn't let us buy it. And we knew where the keys were. We took it for a joyride that night and we bought it the next day. So I don't consider that stealing. It the was car a, for that's a called a test drive, Peter. That's just a test drive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a test borrow. We won't call it a, a test, test steal. borrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's an interesting story for sure. Well, let me yeah. give you a proper introduction. Peter Clute established legendary motor cars in 1985. He built it into one of North America's leading collector car sales and restoration businesses. He sold thousands of collector cars and performed hundreds of award-winning restorations over the past 30 years. For the past 13 years, Peter produced and co-hosted the popular TV series Dream Car Garage. You'll all remember that. I used to love to watch that. And he also enjoyed success with the show Legendary Motor Car that was on Velocity Channel. In his spare time, he races in the Canadian Tire NASCAR series and in the Sports Car Vintage Racing Association known as S-V-R-A. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Peter and learn more about him. But first, a word from our valued sponsor. So give him a listen. Give him a little love because of the reason we're here on Cars Yeah. Stay buckled up because we'll be right back. And keep your keys hidden because Peter could be in the neighborhood. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Do you have a pet in your household that loves to go for a ride? Our pets are part of our families, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interior. Well, Covercraft has you covered. They offer a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interiors from Fido's rough treatment. Canine cargo area covers are padded for comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features to keep cargo areas and seats protected. Covercraft solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, and protect from damaging claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, and that occasional drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's delicate surfaces. Choose from a variety of styles and colors that cover almost every vehicle made. Is your dog getting a little old? Covercraft even has a pet ramp so your trusted companion can get himself into and out of your vehicle. Here's something special to you from me at Cars Yeah. If you go to Covercraft.com and use the code YAH120, 
Y-E-A-H-1-2-0, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com today and use the code YA120 and you'll get this special 10% off. Tell Fido it's from me. That's Covercraft.com. Use YA120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Woof. American Collectors Insurance, that's how I now protect my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Are you insuring your classic vehicles on your regular daily driver auto policy? then your special vehicles are at risk. Your regular auto insurance carrier won't tell you how much you'll get until after a claim, and more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With a agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. If you're driving your collector car less than 5,000 miles a year, do what I did. Call American Collectors Insurance and get your very own agreed value policy tailored to your specific vehicle. If you're like me, you're picky about who works on your special ride. A great policy allows you to choose your repair shop of choice, and that means you'll know the job is done right. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did at American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, we are back. My car's still in the garage, so I'm safe and sound. As we can, I'm never going to let you live that down, Peter. <laughs> I'll tell you the whole story another time. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. We'll have you back for a second show. The real deep story, the other side of Peter. Right. Clued. I want to start with a success quote, though, or a mantra, some kind of saying that has some meaning for you in your life. It's a nice way to get the tires spinning a little bit here. So take the wheel. Um, I, I think that you know, with a lot of things in life, and, and there's a, a caveat to the end of that is the harder you work, the luckier you get. <laughs> but I'm a huge believer in luck has a lot to do with it. And I've, I've said that a lot of times and, you know, people will argue with me and say, you know, everybody that's successful has worked hard and, and they have. Mm-hmm. But I think that we're also lucky in the countries we're born in, the time period we're born in, you know, the parents were born to the situations. So I think that's a big part of it. And then whatever, you know, whatever you get thrown to your, the, you know, the, the hand you're dealt, you know, you work with that as hard as you can, and you seem to get luckier the harder you work. You know, I think part of that is really true. I always say luck is a combination of opportunity and preparation. And when those two roads come together, when you see that, you take the right path and you carry it forward. You know, we had a great pre-show chat, and Peter was telling me his father was in uh, World War II and fought in the trenches and was a prisoner of war. And I mean, you think about how hard that must have been. And then he came to Canada, North America to build a life and build a family. And you're right, Peter. I mean, when you think about you and I living in North America, you're in Canada, I'm in the U.S., the odds of being born in this place on this planet are pretty infinitesimal. And then when you narrow it down to the great countries that we're in, it becomes even more infinitesimal. And you still see people that 
don't really succeed in these countries for lack of all sorts of situations. But I really always believe that luck is that combination of those two things coming together. I wanted to talk about your business because I've known about you forever. I used to watch all the TV shows that you had. And I went, man, who is this guy? Look at how much fun that he's having. Well, let's bring our listeners up to date on what's going on today with Legendary Motor Car Company. And I'll remind our listeners, you need to subscribe because Peter will tease you with some very nice cars that this email campaign folks send to me and i told them you know you owe me some hours because i've sat and looked at the nice cars that you have for sale and the build so tell us what's happening in your world today what gets you so excited about crawling out of bed every day um i I think part of it is is having a next generation that has taken interest in the cars which is which is awesome Mm -hmm. and even in a different way they don't want to you know take over my business by any means they really don't want to run a bigger business, but they're really excited about cars. And, you, you know, you see that passion coming through and it gets me fired up again. And it's, you know, looking at deals are always the, the thing that get me excited. I mean, we have a restoration shop. We have, you know, a bunch of guys back there and we learn every day. And I think that's what's exciting is every day it's a new adventure, whether it's, you know, restoring a, a 300 SL. We do a lot of Cobras. We do a lot of different cars. And now the resto mod stuff, and because of the racing background, you know, I love the engineering that goes into it, which is kind of a perfect fit for the resto mods because it's one thing to make them look cool. It's another thing to really make them work. Mm, and yeah. that was one of the things we did a, a super coup years ago. We did a, a actually a show on it. And part of that is I wanted to go 200 miles an hour in a Cuda. And we went to the Chelsea Proving Grounds and we had an Enzo there in the Super Cuda. And I forget what we did, but we did like 210 miles oh an hour in, in a Cuda. Wow. And uh, so, you know, that's what gets me excited is some of the engineering. The fact that the longer I do this, the less I know, because you realize how many cars they've built in the last 150 years, how many manufacturers, how much technology was out there. And, you know, it just keeps moving forward in leaps and bounds. And you can never begin to know a fraction of it all. Well, it's fascinating to me. You know, I had, I've had the Ring Brothers on the show a couple of times, and they were talking about building the incredible cars that they build. And, of course, they won the SEMA build-off last year with that amazing Mustang they built. And they said something similar, that a lot of these cars, if you aren't careful, you can make all these mods and make them look absolutely spectacular. You can put 800,000 horsepower engines in them. But then when you drive them, you go... Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, this isn't a very good car to drive. It's a little frightening, but the fact that you went 210? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's – I'm baffled. I mean, that's incredible. You you know, I wanted to check in on with you a little bit about the weird year that we're living in here, the elephant, the gorilla in the room, I guess, with COVID. First and foremost, you and your family and all your your workers okay? Everyone been healthy? Yeah, everybody's good. We haven't had a, you know, a single case here and uh other than the showroom being shut down for a little while, yeah. it's been fine. Well, good. How has that affected the way you've had to do business and what are the changes and things that you've had to do? I know you're in a different country, but every country has all these different regulations here in the U.S. Of course, they keep changing their mind. One week you can be open, the other you can't. You can't do events. And of course, all the events were shut down this year. So no car week and no concours and shows and even the auction houses have had to alter things. How have you had to alter your business? We haven't that much other than the fact that, you know, we're not able to travel. So that's hurt our supply of cars. 
you know, the borders are open for commerce, which is great. So we've been selling, and, and the U.S. is a huge market for us. I mean, it's probably 80% of our business. And we've, you know, we've been around for 35 years, so yeah. we do a lot of business on the phone, a lot of business with photos and on the internet. And, you know, it's interesting. Some people don't understand. The border is 100% open for commerce. It's just individuals traveling back and forth. So we're still shipping cars. Our biggest problem is really that, you know, the supply of cars is getting a little tighter, and we really haven't seen prices come down very much, if at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you look at some of the online auction results, you know, the guys that have just opened up auctions again, you know, Mecham had a great sale, you know, RM Sotheby's and Gooding, they all had good sales. They just, all of them lacked good inventory. And that's the, I think the problem we're all having is finding good inventory. You're exactly right. Uh, everyone I've been talking to, I had David Gooding on the show not too long ago, and um, you know they just sold, I think, the most expensive car ever purchased online, a Ferrari, $3.08 million, something like that. Well, I'll tell you what, that that's an interesting story. We sent a guy in the States to look at that car about two months before he sold that car. Really? Oh, and, wow. Oh, I, I know that. The outside filler cap 275 car. Yeah. And we were trying to buy that car, and, uh, you know, the guy was at X, and we were at Y, mm-hmm. and he exceeded that number. And I think that, you know, it was it was a, uh, uh, you know, a testament to David doing a good job, and we've sold lots of cars with David over the years. Yeah. And, and it's just, it just goes to show you, if you have a great rare car, you know, they're doing just fine right now. Right. Exactly. And, you know, even we had, I, I talked to Randy Nonnenberg. He was an early guest on my show years ago, and he announced on my show when he was going to start doing an online auction. He hadn't done it yet. You know, they just bring a trailer, used to just post things. And yeah. that business, he just sold to Hearst. And he said something similar, although their sales, because, you know, it's a different format, have just been growing and growing and growing every year. And that was part of the reason he said he sold his business. He needed more capital to be able to sell more. They were, I think they're up to 300, 350 cars a month, something like that. So yeah, but you see the regular used car market seems to be extremely tight, but the collector car world, it, it hasn't seemed to have slowed down. I mean, March, April, yeah, when things were really like uncertain, but it seems like cars are still changing hands. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we've done some, you know, Fairly big deals in the last little bit that I thought, uh, you know, I thought would be held back by people not being able to travel. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm shocked at how much business we're able to do in the middle of a pandemic that we can't readily get people across the border to look at it. Yeah, well, I think part of that for you, Peter, is you've been around so long. You're a trusted entity. People know you. Uh, They've been doing business with you. If you were maybe just trying to start a business today, that might be a little harder. But my gosh, you've been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, we we try to be real user friendly, especially now and trying to make people life, life simple. And, you know, without talking about which car it was or who the customer is, is I mean, we had one, uh, a car where we're trying to do a deal on with a customer and part of it is him trying to get his expert up and we haven't done business with him before, but he said, Hey, I, you know, I know who you are. I like your reputation. Yeah. This guy knows the car, but he hasn't seen it for a lot of years. And I said, listen, if, you know, if we're that close to a deal, I'll just ship it down to your place. Let him look at it there. If you don't like it, send it back. You you know, go. <laughs> and he's a qualified guy. He's a real guy. Yeah. And, you know, trying to make people's lives easier 
with doing a deal is important right now. It's really important. Oh, yeah. I mean, it even comes down to like our local restaurant here that we used to always enjoy all the time. And they've made it so easy for you to get food. You can't go there and eat. But the way they readjusted their online ordering and so forth, and you just pay and you drive up, they walk out to your car, hand you the bag, and you drive home and enjoy a meal. So everybody's been pivoting. And I've just been amazed at you know the ingenuity of people and their ability to adapt is just really puts a huge smile on my face. So and the, the, the fact that you're willing to ship a car to somebody, of course, they need to be qualified. And we all know once you get a car in somebody's garage, it's hard for them to take it out of their garage, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's you know that's a big part of the auction. You know the 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 regular auction business is people get to see it, feel it, touch it. They get excited about the car, and I think it's important. Yeah, absolutely. But again, all these uh, these auction houses have had to change, and if you look at the way they've done it, they've done a marvelous job because there's they just, have. And a lot of the auction houses I've had on the show, owners have said, "Look, we we changed our vetting process, so now we've got people that can come in and look at the cars for you that are somewhat independent. So it's not just us saying this is the way the car is. We have some real qualifications, a lot more photos, and of course nowadays you can I mean, you can do a Zoom meeting and have someone walk around a car and show you show it to you and get up close. So it's it's fantastic. So I'm really happy to hear things are still moving in a positive way for you. I always ask my guests this question, and this is kind of a I want you to share a big challenge or even a big failure you face in business. You've been in business a long time, so I think you've probably seen just about everything that can happen. But walk us down a particular time in your life that was a great challenge for you. But more importantly, what did you learn from that that you could carry forward in a positive way? Um, I, I mean, I think, you know, I guess when I started, we did a lot of Ford stuff and our, our shop was called the Shelby Shop, actually. And about five years in, I got a letter from Carol Shelby, and I thought, geez, you know, I'm doing a great job here, and he's, you know, calling to congratulate or whatever, and it was a cease and desist. It was a cease and desist yeah. pay, and it was one of those things where I thought, man, oh, man, like, what am I going to do? I built up, you know, years of trying to build a reputation with a brand and a name, right. but it was really the best thing that ever happened to us because we were getting pigeonholed, and we do a lot of Ferraris. We do a lot of other brands of muscle cars. I mean, you know, the Shelby stuff, we probably still do the most Cobras of anybody else. But I mean, we do so many other cars as well. And, you know, great Ferraris and Benzes and European cars and, you know, all the other muscle cars. And we were getting pigeonholed and it was actually a really good thing. And then when I changed the name to Legendary Motor Car, you know, it I wanted a name that it didn't matter if you were into Packards or Duesenbergs or Ferraris or right. Porsches. To that person, legendary motor car was their mark that they were associated with. You know, it's pretty cool. You'll laugh at this, Peter, because I actually, in the former business I was involved in, I got to send Carol a cease and desist because he was using oh. <laughs> he was using one of our trademark names. So, um, yeah, and and I have to say, I actually did get to talk to him, and we all know Carol Shelby and love him, loved him dearly. But of course, he said, "You don't know who you're dealing with, kiddo." And I said, "Okay, sir, thank you." And uh, yeah, about a month later, they stopped using our name. So, yeah. What was funny is I got to meet Shelby, and we had him on the TV show. So I, we were actually Tom and I, who was my partner on Dreamcar. Yeah. Um, so we got to spend a couple of days with him. He came up to the Toronto Auto Show, and we were his, you know, his guides for a couple of days. Oh, nice! And the first thing out of Tom's mouth was to <laughs> Shelby was, "Hey, this is the guy you were suing years ago," and you know, blah blah blah. And Shelby looks at me and looks at Tom and goes, 
I sued everybody. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, <laughs> who did he not sue? Yeah, exactly. Well, but you're right. You know, sometimes when you're going through those situations, it's hard to see the opportunity from the other side. Yeah. But definitely, that was a great switch for you. I think it's fantastic. Well, let's take a short break. We're going to thank our sponsors, how I eat my meals around here. And when we come back, I want to take a little bit of a deep dive into your personal passion for cars. We're going to go back in time here and find out where did all this passion come from for Peter Klute. So keep the seatbelt on. We'll be right back. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you found Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, all wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about the 24. This wine earned 91 plus points from Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's a dark, spicy, and velvety blend with ripe blue and black fruits and very smooth tannins. The label features a three-dimensional full metal chronograph in a bright gold finish that pays homage to the Daytona Rolex winners receive at Le Mans. The Racing Series is a fantastic gift for the ultimate enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you today. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, all in caps, when you're at the adoberoadwinery.com checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout to get $10 off your purchase of the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to Adobe Road Wines today and use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. Cheers! My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code CARSYEAH, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. 
One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. All right, Peter, we're back. I would love for you to share a story with me that instigated this personal passion that you have for cars. What was that pivotal moment in your life when... You know, you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, I am a car guy. It probably started, uh, my brother bought a Mach 1, a 70 Mach 1, and that's actually the car that when I was 15, I was probably 14, that we borrowed the keys (laughs) for the test drive. (laughs) Okay, the test drive, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I learned to drive on his car, and then all our neighbors had cars, and then when I turned 15, I bought a 71 Mach 1, I fixed it up, painted it in the driveway, and my dad was a welder, so he taught me how to weld as a kid, and he had some equipment at home, and literally, I remember painting the car on a Sunday morning, and I'm getting overspray. I thought it was, you know, it was a nice calm day, I hosed down the driveway, thought, you know, that'll take care of the overspray, well, the wind picked up halfway through the paint job, and, you know, the driveway was brown, the garage (laughs) door was brown, the neighbor's driveway was brown, his house was brown, and uh, I ended up spending like the next three weekends, blacktopping the driveway, painting the garage doors, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I ended up selling that car and I made a profit. And I, I just thought it was so much fun, the whole experience, even though it wasn't fun at the time. And I just couldn't wait to do another car. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is what I want to do. Yeah, what a fun story. I did the same thing with a friend in his garage and his mom came out and said, why is my washer and dryer red? because <laughs> it went all over the garage. Yeah, we had to rub all that off. We got in trouble as well. You know, you've bought and sold and restored so many dang cars. Uh, so I'm going to limit this to the, I'm going to call it the first. What was the first really memorable car that you owned? Um, now, maybe it's the first car you owned, the one you described, or, or one that really you kind of went, oh man, I've made it. This is what I've always wanted. What was that? Well, it, it was, I'll tell you, and you know, I started the business in 85, got married in 85, mm-hmm. and just, you know, kind of jumped in at full full steam. And I think it was in 84, we went down to the SAC convention, me and my wife, well, she wasn't my wife then yet, but we went down to the SAC convention, and there was a blue Cobra, 427 Cobra, and the guy let me sit in it, my wife took a photo, and I told my wife, and this was before I'd started the business, I said, I'm going to own one of those one day. And uh, so in the early 90s, I bought my first Cobra and it was, you know, a long drawn out ordeal. By the time I got the deal done, it was December. Uh, the guy dropped off the car. You know, it was the biggest check I'd ever written for a car. And, uh, it was started snowing and my wife's out there taking a picture of me with that, 
you know, the Cobra, which was my dream. And I've got a toque on, I've got snowmobile mitts on, and I'm driving this thing in the <laughs> snowstorm. <laughs> you just couldn't wait for spring to come. I couldn't wait. And it was December, and I'm thinking, I'm not waiting till spring or whatever. Yeah. I'm driving it right now. Wow. What fun. Well, that is an incredible first car. Well, I'll bet you know, you've been well, on that some... That wasn't the first car. That was, that was years first later. Special, but... First special. Yeah. Well, first yeah. really special. Yeah. I understand. Well, um, yeah. I'll bet no one's ever asked you this, and you've been in lots of shows, and you've been around for a long time, but here's kind of a unique question. If you woke up tomorrow, Peter, and you were a vehicle, actually manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive your personality into a car, what would Peter Klute be and why? Um, I think it, it would be some sort of a race car. Okay. You know, I love going flat out. I love the engineering that goes in it. And for a human, I guess it would be the thought process. So I love, you know, thinking through the deal and doing the research on the deal. And that's kind of like the mechanics, you know, having to work on the car. I love the fact that, you know, with, with racing, people think it's, you know, death grip on the steering wheel and just being a madman and an animal. And it's really a lot different than that. It's, it's one of the re- most relaxing things I do because you, you have to be focused. You don't think about anything else. Yes. And it's really a precision sport. It's not about being an animal behind the wheel. And then the other thing that I think, you know, same thing in life is it takes a team. And you can't be successful in business. You can't be successful in life without a bunch of people there helping you. Yeah, well said. I love it. Well, if I could narrow it down to a particular kind of race car you would be, I'm I'm guessing we may be talking vintage because I know you, you love vintage cars and obviously legendary cars. Is there maybe a mark? or model that we could get a little tighter on as to what what peter would be well pr- probably a daytona coupe oh nice you know wow. a, a cobra daytona coupe which yeah. is is you know my favorite car it's something that i've missed three times in my life mm. and i've got the next best thing now that we're restoring and it's taken me years to get it and it's the prototype 427 cobra that ken miles built with phil remington and wow. race and it is basically a Daytona Coupe chassis yeah. with a prototype all aluminum motor with 58 IDA Webers. And so it is a one-off Roadster version of a Daytona Coupe. Oh, my gosh. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't have the Daytona Coupe yet, but I've got the next best thing. Well, I think so. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we're ending what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off some questions here, ask you for some quick blips of that Cobra Daytona Coupe throttle. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits, Peter, that you think has contributed to your success in life over the years? I, I think it's, I enjoy the people as much as the cars and the stories. And when we were doing the TV show, you know, I probably a lot like you with the podcast, I got to meet some really interesting people, yeah. you know, that were at the top of their game in various automotive, you know, sports and mm-hmm. fields. And, um, and I think it's the people and they, and then, you know, the average guy, the stories, you know, the stories about the cars, the stories about them, you know, the memories it brings back. I mean, let's face it. My customer is a guy that's a baby boomer and he's reliving his youth by buying back his, you know, 65 yeah. GTO or his Camaro or his Corvette or whatever. 
Right, exactly. You know, you're exactly right. I, it is the people. Uh, it's just like when you think about this year, since we've not been able to attend events, missing all the people, the friends that we've made along the way. I just had a, a great guy, uh, turns out to be a neighbor, I didn't even know. He lives real close to me, uh, Craig McLaughlin, who has an amazing collection of some very unique cars. And he invited, my son's here visiting right now, so we went over and spent the morning yesterday at his house. And uh, it just, you know, we, we left and we looked at each other and I said, what a neat guy, what a fun experience to get to meet him and learn about his vehicles and he's got some really really unique cars so it's always about the people that's what it always comes back absolutely to well speaking of people uh, you've probably met so many interesting people over the years if i could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone from the automotive industry living or deceased who would it be boy that's a really good question um i think it would be enzo ferrari Oh, there you go. Um, Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> yeah, and it, and it wouldn't be about, you know, all the things that obviously he's done and, you know, he's built the most successful brand, automotive brand, I think, on the planet as far as at least notoriety goes. But just, you know, how passionate he was about the racing and how, you know, people always say, follow your passion, it'll take you where you need to go and, you know, money will just come with it. And, you know, a lot of times, like even that, you know, as we saw in the Ford versus Ferrari, you know, it almost cost him his business yeah. following the racing passion numerous times. Yep. And, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, they are, you know, arguably the most successful, depending how you define success, but from a branding, um, you know, passionate, yeah. you know, people that follow the brand to their race success to in all forms of racing. I mean, there's not many companies that, you know, dominated sports car racing, dominated Formula One, dominated, you know, so many different types of racing. And then just the intrigue where, you know, the, the guy didn't really get out. He wasn't, you know, worldly. He didn't travel that much and uh, was able to do it from a small place in Italy. I mean, it's fascinating. It is really fascinating. And you're right. When you think of the Ferrari brand, the logo, just that everybody knows what it is. And there's not too many companies in the world that can say that. And especially when a very sliver thin group of people in the world have even owned a Ferrari. <laughs> You know, it's one of those aspirational mm -hmm. things that most people would never get to, but they love to dream about it. How about automotive advice that someone else has given you? But I'm going to switch this around a little bit because you are in the collector car market. So if you were to give somebody advice when they were looking to buy their dream collector car, what's one particular thing you would suggest to them that would give them great value? The same advice I got from a fella named Jim Miller, and he's passed away since, but he was a mentor when I started in business. And he was uh, an antiques car dealer, but he was also a antiques dealer. And what's interesting is, is Rob Myers from RM, Sotheby's, mm -hmm. I think Jim was one of his mentors. We were both pallbearers at his funeral. Oh, and wow. Jim always told us, both of us, buy the best. <laughs> yeah. Buy the best you can afford. Yeah. And sometimes buy the best you can't afford. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've heard that over and over again is uh, if you overpay for a vehicle, but it's a really, really great vehicle, it won't matter. Yeah. So, yeah, buy the best you can afford for sure. Uh, and don't buy what you can't afford. That's that's another piece of, of money <laughs> advice. You know, don't go out there and leverage your house uh, to buy your dream car. Probably not the smartest thing in the world to do. Not, not in today, but I'll tell you, if I'd leveraged a couple of times, 
I would have owned that Daytona Coupe. Uh, yeah, I know. I, we, you know, I used to have a question on this show, would it could have shit at the car that got away? And I took it away because I've got too many of those. We all have too many of those. And it was just, it was bringing up too many tears. I wanted the show to have positive smiles, not, not a lot of crying involved. So uh, I got rid of that one. When it comes to resources, a go-tos for you, like maybe a, a site you're going to all the time, a podcast, an app, a person, supplier, what's a great resource you might share with our listeners that you found valuable? Um, I, I mean, I think just the internet in general, I mean, there's, you know, there's great publications that keep you on top of sort of, you know, pricing, yeah. whether it's, you know, sports car market or any of those guys, mm-hmm. you know, there's apps on the internet, uh, you know, auction apps like, uh, uh, oh, what is the one called hammer, um, uh, hammer price, hammer price. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hammer <laughs> price. And, uh, you know, and that you can do a lot of research on what's sold, where, when, and all that sort of stuff. But I think, that, like, the Internet in general, it used to be that you had to buy a book, read about it, go to the shows, look at it, and really spend a lot of time learning about cars. And now, I mean, you, at a you know flick of the mouse, you can get pretty knowledgeable fairly fast on just about any make, mark, model. Yeah, you mentioned Hammer Price. Uh, Harley Cluxton uh, has been a guest on the show, started that whole deal. Yep. Uh, which is pretty yep. darn cool. Of course, you know him and the family and everything. They've been car. Both Harleys. Oh, all three Harleys now. All three? Yeah, I know. There's three of them now. I know. Try to keep up with I those bought a guys. GT f- yeah, I bought a GT40, my first GT40 from uh, Harley the Third. Oh, really? And oh. Uh, Yeah, and we became great friends after that. We had him up for, uh, both him and Harley the Fourth had him up for a chump car race at Mosport. And- <laughs> nice. Just had a blast. I mean, those are real car guys. Oh, they are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk a little bit about books here on Cars. Yeah, is there a book that maybe you've read you think our listeners could uh, could crack open and learn from? Um, I'm not sure. Well, maybe you'd learn from it. I, I really like Smokey Unix's Best Damn Garage in Town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a classic. Oh, it's a classic. And, I, you know, I think we're, you know, you know, you open the front page, it's not politically correct, it's yeah. not grammatically correct, yeah. <laughs> but then again, neither was Smokey Unit. And I think in today's world of that, you know, PC culture, it's nice to read a book where the guy just didn't give it a damn. Yeah, just said what he was thinking. <laughs> I know, it's refreshing. It's a great yeah. book. Well, we are up to the checkered flag, Peter. This question could be a little challenging for you, perhaps. Maybe not. I like to buy my guests a collector car. Anything they want. Doesn't matter who owns it. I'm going to park it in your garage. But there are some rules to my game since I'm writing this check. One is it needs to be something that you'll enjoy and drive. I'm not a believer in collector cars that just sit in a museum or collect dust. But I don't think you're that kind of guy either. Um, It's something that you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with. So the little trick of buying the most expensive is off the table. You got to keep it. But here's the key. It's the only one collector car you can have in your garage so this thing has to tick a lot of boxes for a guy like you but if you had to narrow it down to one maybe just today what would it be i don't have to think long it's the one that got away three times a day daytona coupe there you go <laughs> yeah i thought that we might go there again it's, yeah it's it's uh you know it's a car you could drive on the street it's a car that you could race yeah it's a beautiful looking car it's rare it just ticks all the boxes for me, anyway. Yeah, beautiful car, for sure. Hey, what's the best yeah. way for our listeners to uh, learn more about you and your business? Uh, if they go to legendarymotorcar.com, you know, we have all our inventory on there. We have uh, photos of the restorations that we've done. We have a little blog on there. 
we spend you know, a, a fair bit of time doing a lot of pictures for the cars. So, you know, it's a good place to do some research on how cars should look. And then uh, we have an emailer that we send out to about 70,000 car guys. Well, you get it every couple yeah. days. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tease me. You've got a Signal Yellow 72S that kind of is pulling my chain right now. I had one of those for a while, and I, I was looking at it last night going, oh, Peter, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll encourage our listeners, please do go to the website. I'll put links, but it's easy to find, Legendary Motor Car. Sign up to receive his uh, emails because they're really fun, and the pictures are awesome. The cars are awesome. There's a really wide variety for you to choose from there so you got to check it out and now that you know peter here on cars yeah you know you're buying from the right guy peter you've taken me on a really fun ride today this has been great i want to thank you for your time before i let you go though could you offer our listeners maybe one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the hills in that daytona coupe <laughs> well people always ask what should i buy and that's a real simple answer is buy what you like Yes. You know, I mean, even if you overpay, you buy at the wrong time, you paid too much for the car. If you love the car, every time you open the garage, you'll, you know, you'll have a smile on your face. Yeah. And if you're just buying for investment, if it goes the wrong way, you'll hate the car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think it's really simple. Buy what you like. Yep. And it, there is no right or wrong with any of it. Nope, exactly. So there's the the words of wisdom from a guy who's been doing this for a long time. Decide what you like and buy what you like. Absolutely. Again, you can find everything Peter shared today on his show notes page here on Cars. Yeah, just type in Peter Clute, K-L-U-T-T, into the search bar, and you'll find everything right there. Peter, this has been great. Thank you again for spending some time with me today. So much fun. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I really appreciate you having on the show here, and uh, let's do it again sometime. I, I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. This has been super. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt and it's probably the only book on finance with a v-max on the front cover and a classic mini cooper on the back the book's available at amazon for just ten dollars and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future i gave copies to each of my children all securities are through money concepts capital corp christopher kimball financial services is not affiliated with money concepts capital corp get your copy the saga of ike and penny today Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.